Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Whatsoever Things podcast, a podcast designed to stimulate your mind, tickle your funny bone, and encourage your faith. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. All right, Josh, so tell us the background of this podcast, kind of how it came about. (sighs) Okay, so I think maybe three years ago, you came up to me. Was it three years ago? Yes, I'm glad you're giving me the credit. Yeah, (laughs) you came up to me and you said, Josh, we should start a podcast, me, you, and your dad. It'd be great. And I think you were listening to the Unashamed guys, and you're kind of like wanting to get something kind of close to that. I'm like... Do our Sunday school class that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting up there and record it, yeah. And I thought it was a cool idea, but I thought, Mike, now there's so many podcasts out there. They're just, there's a million of them. And the odds of anybody listening to a new one now is, there's so many, it's not even going to happen. And I thought, nah, it's just not going to be a good idea. And then... One day, like three weeks ago, I get a text. yeah. We're doing a podcast. I said, that's it. I'm starting a podcast. You in? <laughs> I sent a text to Thomas, and he said, yeah. And then I'm like, I don't know how to even start. So I called Daniel. I'm like, Daniel, could you point us in the right direction? He says, if you do it with the church, we'll promote it. And we'll do- I'm like, oh, oh, this is going really fast. So and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the thing that changed was, I don't know, this is going to sound crazy, but the election happened or was happening, and it seemed like, you realize you're now a terrorist. And I know you're this, this isn't going to happen. Republican white guy, so now you're a, you're <laughs> a terrorist. Um, the most hated man most, in America. Yes. I know, I know it's feel? cliche to say voices aren't being heard. We need to get our voices heard. But I felt like I know I need to do something about the world I live in, and I know what I'll do. I'll get a microphone in front of me and talk about how we need to do oh, something just, about the world we live in. You'll get advertising <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. Well, it, you know when 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 you said that. You know, back in the day, you were like, nobody's going to listen to it. Nobody may, but if if we can well, help change one person, is right. it worth it? Well, I think now, the, it is. The, since I've had that thought, it was kind of like a moment, and I'm like, Mike's on, Mike's on board. Since then, I think I've always thought that this church particularly, but just in the community around, there is untapped wisdom that people have that... You come to church, you have, you have your service, you talk to like your friends real quick, and then the ones leave, they leave. Um, but there's an untapped wisdom, and if you could bring that wisdom and distribute it across the church, that would be good. And mm-hmm. you could bring someone in who has knowledge about a certain field or a certain thing, and now you can distribute that to everybody. Not that we have that kind of knowledge, but yeah. we can bring people in and ask them questions. We can poke at them. Well, also learning their backstory. You know what I mean? Because I, I think it can it can help anyway, especially you know somebody that's young in the faith or even just young in general understanding that you know most people have have a a history that they're not necessarily proud of they've done things that but you can come back from that you can be redeemed you are we are saved (laughs) there was times josh was like daniel says we can't talk about this or we got i'm like josh josh okay listen listen he didn't say this is this is getting i was just this is getting us started and and this is a podcast for the church so right so exactly like you said we have people like gary van leuven that has been ceos of companies that's been able to do it his whole life and still be a christian yeah that's something i struggle with at work i can be the best christian then i gotta tell somebody their proposed development is junk and i gotta say it like that to give them no indication they have a chance of of 
getting something approved didn't, or or stuff like that. Didn't you it, open have something to do with the opening of strip clubs or something? No, like no, I had. I, I no, think you I were extended, on TV. Actually, I extended the alcohol sales times <laughs> in the COVID. So, um, but we have we have people. We have we have people. You know, we have a bulk of our church is the greatest generation, right? And so we have the opportunity. We have the responsibility, I think, as where we are at our age, as as being the patriarch or as, of our family, or where we are, the church to to um, discuss these things, learn from them, but also give an example of what a evangelical Republican white man or whatever <laughs> we are. I mean, you don't have to be a Republican or what. Yeah, you, you know this, what we are. I mean, we you're, have a we have you're a, a Christian and I'm, you're not a Republican. You're dead to me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this yeah. isn't a. I don't think it <laughs> no, should be not. a political podcast. But this gives us an opportunity to then also talk about different uh, aspects of the church. I listened to a Royal Ranger podcast, which is done out of the church in um, Lakeland. Uh, what's Victory? Victory. It's a bit. It's a national uh, Royal Ranger podcast, and they they operate. It's two guys out of a little closet in Victory, and so. But we have ministries and we have people that um, we can provide content to the church, and then from that. If we get rolling and, and we have some sort of uh, symmetry, then we can look at doing one on our out, own. On our yeah. own you know. That one could be political. That one could be this political. This one can't be. Yes. Oh, our own but, podcast will say. But I think, but it also can, yeah, show people, think, yeah. can show people that, hey, maybe the, what Daniel wants to do is record your Sunday school class, your powerful Sunday school class, record that and provide it. It just gives them... An example of what? Oh, this—that's what Daniel's talking about. The other about. thing I would like this podcast to be is there, especially younger people, my age and younger. I'm 35. Is that right? I don't know, Josh. How old are you? I think I'm 35. <laughs> I have to do the math. I ain't, I ain't doing that right now. But <laughs> my age and younger, um, people—they're—they're—they think different than everyone my age and older. I'm—I'm I'm telling you, there's a difference. You can say. Um, homosexuality is wrong because the Bible says so. And people my age and younger will look at you and say, well, why should I listen to the Bible for my morality? And if you can't answer that question, then you're not, you're not really much good to them. And so there is this new way of reaching people where you have to explain why the Bible is a valuable thing for morality. You have to explain why Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross is the center and that matters more than everything else and how you build from that. And if you can't explain yourself to the younger people, to you're going to lose them. They're a little, they think differently. There's a, there's a um, podcast I listen to uh, William Lane Craig podcast called Defenders. It's his Sunday school class. He's really good. He's one of the top philosophers, Christian philosophers, and he teaches a Sunday school class. So these young guys come to his class, and then they don't go to church afterwards. And he asked them one time, he says, how come you guys don't join us for corporate worship and, and um, you know, get together and things like that? And they, he calls it corporate worship. Yeah, he does. That's he's, funny. He's a philosopher. I like that. Know. But anyways, um, he's, and they told him there's nothing there for us. He, they said, we can come here and we can grill you on stuff. And he has good answers. He's, just, you know, he's well thought out. He's thought a lot about what he believes. And so he can answer these things. But when he goes to church, it's, I don't, I don't know how to say it. I want to say it's religion, but it's not just that. It's. There's no, well, what about this? Well, how come that? Well, how come this? You mm-hmm. don't get that. Yeah. And I, if we can make a space where um, we can say, like, look, 
this is why you should follow the scriptures. <laughs> this is why the writings of Moses are important. This is why the writings of Paul are important. This is why the gospels are important. You know, and this is this is why they're valuable. Not do this because the Bible says so. You know, I don't yeah. know. And I want to try and make a space for that. And I think this is the medium for that because it's hard. It's long, and then people could. I don't know if we'll set up an email account. Or, hmm. Come to church and talk to us. Actually, yeah, I mean that's way to do it. If you have a question. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and we're also able to expand upon this push, um, which I, um, it when we discussed it in the board meeting, it, it was a time I was just really thinking we need to we need to actually do this. We need to go this way and have this more of this digital campus um, emphasis and this content and and the pastor's daily call um, was really popular. And you saw the benefit of how that, you know, the reasons I don't have Facebook, because what you say can live forever, is the opportunities for this church to people to know who pastor is or to know who the pastors are and what's going on a long time from now. You can come back to that digital library. You're not going to have to come check out a disc. Yeah. It's going to be available in a real easy form. We'll be able to dig up past events and and be a part of that is is really cool because we're only how far i mean march of 2020 did you kind of start when did you really start looking at doing online and really gearing up i've been poking around with it since about six years yeah (laughs) but march is when i I had to really drop everything else right so we're coming up on a on a year and to provide to start helping daniel build on what he's been doing and, and yeah. get people involved i mean if if we can when we do rural rangers if we do a rural ranger subject on a podcast and we and we come and we interview rick stag you know the, the people if we do the you know interview the oldest person in the church type of deal or just whatever get people involved that don't listen digital it might help them listen to it and then bridge bridge that um, opportunity for them to receive the word in another format than coming here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Provide a little entertainment. Yes, it would. Yes. And learn. And you get someone like Rose Lewis from this church that's written books and has a long history. That's awesome. Yeah. But we could also learn from it. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think it's untapped wisdom. Yes. And we got to tap into it somehow. I think this is a good way of Mm -hmm. doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I wanted to interview other, I mean, not just, (laughs) this shouldn't be just like a deeply conservative Christian podcast. No. Um, I know some liberal Christians I would love to interview and have a conversation with them. So as long as we're not wrong. Well, yeah, well, I mean, we at, don't need to beat well, up well, on no, them. But if you but look you know at our church, mean? our church, uh, a bulk of the people that have been new members or new people to the church to have pizza with the pastor, a lot of them are come just straight from the Catholic church. I mean, I grew up Catholic, but they're straight from the Catholic church or straight from the Methodist church. And they just wanted something different so they have really fresh adult mm-hmm. you know they grew up they they had life experiences under that religion and they're at our church so we have an opportunity to talk to people yeah. like that and yeah. see you know what what kind of triggered you or what what did you like dislike and yeah. and learn from it so let's talk about let's interview each other first or not first we've been talking about other things but um about background and um I'll start with Thomas. Thomas, oh boy. Thomas, the the brother-in-law of Josh Hamlin. Um, don't tell people that. that. I don't need them knowing. <laughs> and by the way, I'll say that my father-in-law Jerry, after that trip he'd made to Dublin, like 
you could be his favorite son-in-law yeah? if you were in the family. Oh, right. So I can he, dig it. Yeah, he he really just hey, he should love yes. Keep that relationship going. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You're a terrible person, Josh. Yes. I'm just kidding. I said uh, yes. Edit, I, edit, I, edit, I said edit yes. That, I, I bled. <laughs> I bled with Thomas. I went through you know a, a, a six-hour war with him. So I, that, I know who that's, he is. There were great memories made that day, and some I want to forget. Yes, it's just. Just we forget. did one of those. Uh, Can we have a podcast about some of those memories? Because I'm curious now. <laughs> well, we did. We can talk about it now. Whatever. <laughs> we did an uh, adventure race, and it was you know oh, yeah. a, a bike That's what run about. canoe. Yeah. Well, we tested our relationships that day. Yes. Yes. yes because beforehand, <laughs> Josh said, "Hey, we need like the leader of our group, so that way, like if we get out there and a decision needs to be made." That person can make the decision, and everybody has to go with it. So Josh decided I should be the leader. That's so then I we get it. out there, and a decision needs to be made, and he's arguing with me tooth and nail, <laughs> oh, dude. and then just takes off. And I was so, oh, I was so okay. aggravated. When I set like, you up as a leader, it's for a puppet position. <laughs> like if I need we, you to change, you have to listen to me. We we are following. <laughs> take all the we're heat. following a very basic map of where to go and what to do. And we're lost because Josh is like, we've got to go. And I'm trying to get him to be like, we have to stop uh, and figure out where we are that's before the purpose we of the know race, to where to go. Map it out and use coordinates. This could You'll get, get ugly, there. Daniel. You'll get yeah. right there. I don't know if we and, should. But we did the let's run around like crazy men and we'll come upon it. Yep. And, and so we finished. Actually, we didn't do bad. Like, I don't think we, we did bad. We didn't find one of the markers. So no, it was a battle of whether or not to read the instructions. No, there's there's waypoints scattered out throughout in, this place. In your map, you have a very have a map. basic map. You have a map that might have 3% of the details of your topography on it. So, like, where there might be a hill or there might be a road, like, your map might show three roads in this area that you're in, but there might be 17 roads, and it only shows a couple of them. So mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I don't know which one. That would, would it's... It was very aggravating. It test your your. Oh yeah, there was a husband work. and wife there that were. Yeah, they almost I, got a divorce. If, <laughs> if they didn't get a divorce, I commend them. She was very upset with him, and uh, I felt bad at one, one point. They did a change up where one element, the I think was it the running element or one of them, like two people, only two people could go. Oh yeah, it was the walk. Four. Yeah, so you had a walkie-talkie, one person sit. And yeah, with so a the, map, we had to sit like on a bench. The two people and who it, ran didn't have a map, and yeah. so you had to guide them through the. So there was like an hour of running where I'm just sitting on the bench, getting sun, just relaxing. And, and it's me like, and Thomas are wearing ourselves out. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and around trying to we come to this like dead end, and Mike's <laughs> like, "All right, now take the one. Take there should be two two splits in front of you, and we're looking at four splits. Yeah. So they're like, "We'll take the one to the right." And we're like, "Well, which one to the right? We don't know." Mm. Which two yeah. are marked on your map? Because we have four of them in front of us. So we're going down a hundred yards or more, and then turn around and coming back, and then going down another one, turn, and then come to find out it's like nowhere even near where the splits were. It's down at some creek because crossing we underneath us. We weren't using the coordinates. We weren't putting the compass yeah. on it and going. Yeah, the rest of them they had coordinates and compass, and they'll say head, you know, this many degrees northwest. Don't ask. We tried to inch it out. Like it looks like you're at a hundred steps. <laughs> Go to the bathroom a hundred steps off the northeast corner. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think, I think where we lost it 
was the canoe part. I think before <laughs> no, that. No, we did fine. Yes, yeah, okay. Just... You two may have done fine, but me and the guy, me and my buddy Brent, were in a canoe that doesn't have a keel. <laughs> That's where me and Mike were sitting in the sun. Just the ditch is this wide. They went... It, it has nothing. And then went backwards. Pinballing. They can't see that on the podcast. No, I, believe it's called, often. I believe it's called <laughs> yeah. the keel that runs yeah. underneath it to help keep your canoe straight. It doesn't have that. So it's just a flat bottom. So it's swaying all over the place, hitting this side, hitting that side. We're going too fast because every time it turns to the right or the left, there's a bend in the river. We're running into the other side because we're going too fast. And, oh. So then we were aggravated, so aggravated. Aggravated. So we get on the bike. We're like, we're going to make up time on the bike. And we're on the road. And it takes you, this is in the Ocala Forest, right to one of those sugar sand roads. And we just hit that road and everyone's tire sinks. And it was just like, there's no way. Yep. You're not even, you can't even pedal a bike through this. And then we realized that Josh had taken us like a mile out of the oh, way. Josh had taken us. We were supposed to go this other way. Like, and we he went, didn't want to stop and look like, at the it map. It was like the last leg <laughs> that was time. supposed to give you trouble. We started. So we never made it through that. Because it was all just we sugar sand. You could Looking back, we should have picked somebody and just followed them. No, we should have. And then just at the end, that. Thomas, did you pick up your just bike and throw them. it? I, I believe I may have. I may have. <laughs> there were some words. Fits may have been thrown. Words may have been said. Like I said, great <laughs> memories were made. Yes. Some not so great <laughs> memories were made. I remember, I remember afterwards there talking to highs, Mike Rumor. Many lows. Talking to Mike like, well, I'm related to him, so. I'm <laughs> 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 married into his family, so whatever. <laughs> So Thomas, tell us tell us your background. Tell us maybe how you um, became a Christian and um, kind of how you ended up here at Oxford Assembly of God. Um, I ended up here because my mother made me. Uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of true, kind of not necessarily not true. Mm-hmm. Um, what year did your mom pass? Uh, two thousand fifteen. Oh, two thousand. Okay, because yeah, I started be, coming six years when I was in ninety. Wow. I started coming here in ninety eight. When we were Laura and I were dating, mm-hmm. but we lived in Tallahassee, and then we moved here in 2008. And I'm just trying to, in 2008, were you a regular here? Were you in like, not no, not really you, a regular. You might have been in youth or something. When well, in 2008, I was I was 20. Okay. In 2008, yeah. so I started coming here when I was like 12. We had moved down from uh, from Memphis, Tennessee, and we lived next door to Faye Stevenson. Over oh, in Summerfield. Oh, Faye. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Miss Faye. She Ms. was Faye, yeah, she was great. Yeah, she was she she became my, my grandmother. Yes, she was okay. she was awesome. Mm-hmm. She took care of me. So yeah, so Faye Stevenson was our, our neighbor. Got she it. became my mm-hmm. my grandmother kind of thing and took care of us a lot. And so uh became, became Rusty's roommate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah, too. It is. Yeah. We I can't wait to get Russ. Mm-hmm. I I gotta yeah. know more yeah. about his life. Yeah. Um and so Faye had you know, invited us to come to church. And so we started coming and, you know, back then we were doing Friday night fire. You know, I was, yeah. I was like 12 at the time. I think it was, yeah, it was back okay. in the day. So, I mean, we're talking 20 years ago, yeah. you know, when I started coming here and, um, and so, you know, running through, we had Garrett McKenzie as the youth the pastor. Youth. Mm-hmm. And then there was Joe Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remember who was after him. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. So I was coming here from the time I was like 12 to, I don't know, eighteen or nineteen, and then as most yeah, youths do, they they stray away and mm-hmm. they go out and they party and do whatever the stuff they want to do, and uh, so for I don't know the better part of ten years, I came 
you know, once I, you know what I mean? I, I did the normal mm-hmm. Christian thing. Hey, it's Easter. Get up but, and go to church. Let's go. You know, what you I'm know saying? and you say that, and that's what I kind of look forward to some of the Ranger boys that were bus kids, that this is their church, but even though they're they, at 18, they quit coming. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, Greg, the Red, oh, yeah, Reddit, yeah. he'll stop in. Oh, yeah. And I look, I'm expecting he comes that. regularly. And then you wonder, once they get, you know, tied down, do they mm-hmm. do they make this their church? Some, when but, they get out of prison, they'll yeah, start some, coming. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. When when I got out of prison, that was something I said I was going to yeah. do. Is come to, I'm just kidding. I, I never went to like prison. <laughs> You're on the road to hell. So, no. we yes, yes. yes okay. sir. Listen, the path that the road to hell was paved with good intentions, right. and I I had bad intentions. So I was, I was paving that sucker at a high rate of speed. And uh, so during this time, did you feel? Did you sense God talking to you, or did you sense that you should, as the right thing, I should go to church as the right thing? Or so I I always um. I don't know. I I never I never had questions about my faith or anything like that. Like it, I never was like, "Oh, God's not real. That's not." I was just I I think I I put it in a thing of like, "All I'm doing is going out and I'm partying and I'm drinking mm-hmm. and this sort of thing." And I wasn't doing any kind of yeah. hard drug drink, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Alcohol was my my biggest thing and and staying out all night. But I was putting myself in a category of if I'm going to go to the same hell that a child molester is going to go to, then <laughs> Like, I don't, like, I knew it. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I believe in yeah. God, heaven, hell. Yeah. But I was like, if I'm going to go to the same place they're going to for having a couple of beers, then yeah. this is dumb. Yeah. Like, and I don't know, just, just, you know, it's, it's funny because probably about a year ago, maybe a little more than it. Yeah, it was, it was Christmas of last year. Um, for whatever reason, I'd put a Phil Robertson book in my Amazon wish list. It was The Theft of America's Soul. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I hadn't had any thoughts about, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that what what Phil mm-hmm. preaches about or the Bible or anything yeah. like that. I put it in there. Couldn't tell you why. And for Christmas, that was one of the gifts my wife got me was that book. And so, I don't know, two months later, I started reading it. I couldn't put it down. Uh-huh. Oh, I couldn't good. stop yeah. it. And, you know, by the time I finished it, then I listened to the Unashamed podcast. Yeah. And then, remember, I was having a conversation with Josh. Josh is like, you're not, you're not like turning spiritual on me, are you? I was like, dude. <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. All I know is something happened, yeah. like a whole worldly view changed. I couldn't tell you what's yeah. going on, but it, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, this is, well, hey, uh, we do a, a Bible study on Thursdays if you want to come. And, uh, and I noticed it. I noticed you were changing. Wow. Thomas is like really paying attention to his morality. Not that you weren't unmoral, mm-hmm. but you were really paying attention. Yes. You're like, you know, I've gotten rid of this app or I've gotten rid of that. You were saying, and I'm like, Lan, maybe you should come to Bible study. And I was thinking that throughout the week, and then I called you and invited you, mm-hmm. and then he became the darling of Bible study. <laughs> yeah, um, everybody loves me. I know. Everywhere he goes, people love him. He became the darling of the Omega. I know. In Dublin, I get it's kicked like, out of every nest of every every time Thomas comes in. It's not yeah. even fair. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. Pretty, he'll be the darling of this podcast, uh-huh. probably. Yeah. If people well, could good. see me, yeah. they, then I definitely would be. Yeah. I'm just, you know what I mean? That good looking. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so you you read the book, you changed. But you've been coming to church, yeah, you, off, off regular, and on, I mean. more regular than. Yeah, because I didn't I, know for you know he would talk about his brother-in-law Thomas. I'm like, I never, I didn't know must he had a brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was coming off and yeah. on, you know what I mean, but but nothing mm-hmm. regular and and unfortunately now. But you grew up as part of the youth. Yeah, you did youth, and then as college or the 18 those years you and then you've come you got you did you start coming back more once you got married 
I did, but yeah. it wasn't there. I, there wasn't a correlation yeah. between the two. It yes. wasn't like, I mean, I, I guess you know, right after me and my wife got married, the church yeah. was doing the marriage on the rocks mm-hmm. class, marriage and so. Marriage yeah. on the Rock, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's 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 my old days yeah. coming back. Like, yeah, on the rocks. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the church was doing the the marriage on the rock class, and so we we came to that, and uh, I I highly recommend that to to anyone. I mean, if you've been in mar- you know, if you've been married for fifty years, or you're just married, or you're thinking about getting married, I I, I do recommend it. I, I thought it was I thought both of us benefited a lot from it. And, was I uh, in that class with you? Yeah, yeah, you were in it. You That's and Missy right. were in it. It yeah. was. Well, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were there were a couple other couples in there with us. There were four or five couples. Yeah, I went because another couple wouldn't go, and I said, "Well, I'll go with you." Yeah. And I was teaching Sunday school, so I had to get somebody to cover my Sunday school class yeah. to go to Marriage on the Rock class. On the Rock. <laughs> and uh, Michael, how did you get here? How did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got my truck. I turned it on. No. So I grew up. Uh, Catholic, so what that means is my parents woke up, took took me, dropped me off at Catholic Church, and I did the s- Sunday school. I got confirmed as a Catholic. You either go to Catholic school or you go to Sunday school, and you reach a place where you get confirmed. And um, I did that, and then I stopped going because that's what you do. Because you're as done. A Catholic, yes, <laughs> you're done. You, <laughs> you pass. Your, yes, you <laughs> and uh, and so I got confirmed in probably eighth grade. So I pretty much quit going in high school. But in high school, they had a group, uh, a club or a group called Young Life, which was really, really spiritually light. It, it, it met one night a week, and a meeting was you sing these songs. They weren't Christian songs, but they were just feel-good songs. And then you um, do some fun activities, and then they had like a, 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 a um, camp you could go to. And so I did Young Life, and it was just, you were just around, it got you around positive people that just were not there, you know, not into just the other stuff when you're mm-hmm. in high school. And I went on a Young Life retreat camp uh, in New York, and that was more spiritual in a sense, but not, I don't know what religion it would be. I, I don't know if it's my Methodist or, <clears throat> and then, probably Christian so from that, religion. but the Young Life leader the, there was two leaders and like the 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 not the head guy the under leader um ended up really taking my friend eric in his parents his mom died and his stepdad he didn't have a relationship with and my friend eric lived with this guy john who was like the young life guy he would come on campus he, he went to high school there everyone knew john and it sort of had a weird weird relationship we always kind of thought we were like eric john likes you but he was our young life leader and uh, I'll come back to that. Oh. And so Eric, when he graduated, he lived with John. And John was really good with Eric. And he, we would do almost like a Bible study. But it was a, it was more of a, a goals, but with a light Christian background. I think John's dad might have been a Methodist minister. Um, but Eric and I ended up moving to, I moved to Tallahassee. And then Eric followed a semester or two later. And we lived together. And John came to visit, and his car broke down, and he ended up living with us for a while. <laughs> and and we would still do this young life talking, just talk about goals and just uh, achieving stuff. And and during that time, I was working at a at a place, uh, and a, a guy there, who was 
I'd say is Baptist was really took me and really started evangelizing me. And so this, this sort of young, young life in college, like when I'm the peak of my binge drinking and I just started having these. So you're drinking, you're, yes. you're partying and then you're hitting up young. Yes. Life. And then, but then I'm, but I'm getting with, yes, yeah. but I had these people in my life, John that's living with us. It was kind of weird and light just, you know, I have two Bibles that he gave me and, um, and, and what John introduced me to, this was before me, the Tallahassee was Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. Whereas a Catholic, it's, it's God. Mm-hmm. I believed in God. I believed in the Trinity, but that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. I just believed it because I, I probably, cause that was just ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. But John introduced the relationship. Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. And that kind of always stuck like, what does that mean? And then with this guy, Kevin coming in and sort of under the, the Baptists evangelize and go forth and spread the gospel, he would really, he was kind of filling in some of those gaps. So I was really starting to just have these thoughts. And I remember it was, we were at a, a blues club way out in the woods um, and either new year's or some sort of special night. And I was just hit me right there. I was like, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. And I went back, went and sat in the car and just started like praying. I didn't say the sinner's prayer because I wasn't sure what that was, but I was like, this lifestyle is not for me. Hmm. And um, so then really got involved with more with Kevin and started a, he was in a Bible study doing this Thursday night Bible study with these guys. And then Kevin and I moved in together, and then some of the guys from the Bible study moved in. We had like five of us in this house, and it was a constant Bible study. And that's where I really, that's when I um, accepted Christ as my Savior, and it started to click. And um, and I remember the first thing I did is I went and I called John, who was still living with my old roommates. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, that's great. You know, I was like, hey, I became a Christian. And he was kind of like, oh, that's that's great. Well, tragically, last, not even last year, John died. Hmm. He was on drugs. He was, he's a homosexual living that lifestyle and he died. And he, he always was a homosexual. I believe the, the way he took Eric in and Eric said he'd never tried anything with him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but that shows me so in going back when we live when we lived in this house with these christian guys my favorite artist at the time was this guy called dennis jernigan who has this worship music that is just awesome dennis jernigan was a homosexual that that changed his life and and so i tell people you know people that are sinning that know christ they they can God works through people yeah. and through circumstances you don't understand. Yeah. So anyway, so John tragically died. Um, a guy shot him in the oh, back of the head. No. Um, and I just reached out to the family. I was like, I just want you to know what John means to me. And, and so it like, you know, I, I gave them, I sent them this really long email, got their email address and just kind of went through what John, wow. how John's working in my life led me to where I am now as a Christian. And so, and I met my wife, Laura, in Tallahassee, and she's Assembly of God, and we were dating where we knew we were going to get engaged. We would just like, hey, we're in college, we're dating, we want to live right, 
we don't need to be together on the weekends a lot. So we came here to Wildwood like most weekends and hung out with her and stayed at her parents' house. And so I would come to Oxford back when we were in the small sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, and it was, I would what say, year it's was this? 98, 97, 98. We got married in 99. And so I'm trying would, to remember the first time I met you. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, well, I, when I, I can remember we were going to her parents' house and. You would be asleep in Ted's yard <laughs> before yep. you went to work. Yeah, that's Josh. Hey, I had and my so, own struggles. Yeah. <laughs> and so he would Josh he would drive there Ted. and park. Yeah, he would drive there and park and sleep in his car until Ted came out. Came out. So my thinking was, if I hurried up and got ready to go to work, because I would ride with Ted to Inverness. We worked at Inverness. Mm-hmm. I would ride with him to Inverness. Yeah. If I'd hurry up and get to his house, I could sleep and then. Just move from my truck, my truck to his truck and sleep till the way to Inverness. And then I wake up and I'd be at work. Yeah. So, so and I just actually, remember seeing this kid in this tr- truck sleeping all the time. But uh, but during that time, I would say I would kind of characterize the church as a little bit more um, um, Pentecostal than it kind of is now. And so I, we were going to Baptist church in Tallahassee. Then Laura and I got married. But, but I would, coming here a lot, I would see the Pentecostal side. And we were going to Baptist churches in Tallahassee, and um, which I kind of characterize it. The Baptist really promotes going out and saving people, but to me, I saw it as to in order to go talk and meet with Thomas and and share the gospel and want him to hang out with me, I needed to be able to play golf. I need to look better. I need I need to have attributes that people would want to hang out with me, and I was wrong thinking that mm-hmm. more, more more not trusting god but more wanting people to hang out with me and i just kind of thought i didn't like that aspect i understood you need to spread the gospel but i thought there was more to it so i liked sort of the pentecostal assembly of god and so when we got married we moved to lake county and we tried a couple assembly of god churches there and I no remember. I remember this one pastor. Yeah, people. He had everybody come up. This one pastor just started blowing in your face and expected you to fall out. And I was just. Like, but we didn't. We ended up not finding a church there. As a young married couple in Orlando, going to churches in Orlando, you'd think there would be a lot going, a lot of opportunities. We just nothing, nothing worked. So we ended up having our first child, and Reagan would wake up, and we'd lard feed her. And it, that took about an hour, and it's like, hey, we could drive to church during that time, and and so we did that. We drove here and attended here, and that was by that time it was in the gym, and then we bought land and we built the house here and moved here full time in two thousand and eight, and I was put on the board. But I I I think the Assembly of God faith is is the way I. Hmm. Um, I became a member of the Baptist Church when we lived in Tallahassee, and um, then started attending Oxford Assembly full time as our church. And um, but I was baptized under, I was christened as a oh, yeah. Catholic, You're baptized in, under the Baptist oh, Church, yeah. and and now attend Oxford Assembly of God. And so I I, I kind of live my life, you know, I kind of want to honor what Kevin did and what John did. You know, so when I see them again, and I, I talk to Kevin every once in a while, he lives in Defuniac, but I kind of feel like I have a responsibility. And that's something I feel I'm missing in my life in my Pentecostal uh, Assembly of God walk is that mentoring. That mentoring. But 
as you have, I've worked with rural rangers for, I work with kids mm-hmm. and, uh, um, I do that through them. And yeah. so, uh, I can remember way back though, cause I knew you, but I remember there was a time where something happened to you where I, I, I call it like you, you saw the light mm-hmm. moment, even though you were going to church and you were doing all this stuff. Yeah. Cause I remember all of a sudden you were talking about everything about the Bible and you mm-hmm. were in it and you were we got to do right. this. It was a t- it was a different mic. I remember the mm. mic before, and then there was that moment. Do you remember well, that moment? I, I do, and it was it was really. There's two people that for some reason when I'm around them, in in not just every day, but they motivate me, and that's you and Brian. And Brian was here this in Sunday. Brian lives in Tallahassee. When him and I are together, okay. he just motivates me in 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 either biz thought business. Um, in different aspects and you and I and Rusty were hanging out. Yeah. We would go and oh, to yeah. the property and, and have fires underneath yeah. the stars and have, have biblical talk. So then I went, you know, from here, I became a board member. I taught the 20 to life Sunday school. I've done Rangers for years. Um, and so that's where I'm at today. Yeah. I remember those nights though, that we would talk about all we would, kinds we of could stuff. get together. So we would have these bonfires and we would just talk for hours, hours, you know, That's and we funny. had we did his uh, bachelor party out at Camp Sozo. Me, you, and him, oh, we yeah. camped out in that February. Was, that was a crazy under the time stars, too. and it was cool. And the the fighter jets were doing bombing runs at night. And where we were in our tents, they would come over and swoop over and turn, and then you'd hear the. It was cool, yeah, but that's, that's cool. but so you and you and Brian motivate me, and I, that was the hanging huh. out and just. It, it all just kind of clicked. I don't know how I've time. ever motivated you. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a motivation. <laughs> the least motivated of, person on the planet is motivating <laughs> but, someone. I know, but it's, this is but so it's weird. the way you tie in, you know. God the, works the, in mysterious yeah, ways, people. The there old, it is. The Old Testament, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is, wow. It just, so, that's where I am. <clears throat> all right, Josh, I'm going to pretend I know nothing about you. Okay. <laughs> well, you actually don't. So. What's your social security number? Uh, five, eight, nine. Whoa. <laughs> Um, Almost yeah, just just start out telling us how you how you came about to be here. Okay, so I get I'm a Christ, I became a Christian at seven years old at a VPS, VBS. Um, end of story. That was, it. <laughs> that was it. Was great. We'll see that you guys my, next uh, week. That better. was my salvation I was a, story. I was at Dave CC Club, you know, and I remember though. So we went to a church. I was little. I started going to this church in 93, so I was in third grade. That's how old I was. But I remember the church we went to before, and, like, they didn't tell anybody they were having financial troubles. I learned this after the fact. I didn't know this then. But one Sunday, they said, this is our last Sunday. We're closing the doors. And so we were, like, without a church. Our family was without a church for a while. And I remember we stayed home and had church, and Dad wouldn't trust because Dad— Back then, my mom and dad were still fairly new Christians, and um, they didn't know what churches believed what. They'd always gone to this one church, and so dad would go around to different churches to test them out. <laughs> so find the one who came, and he came here, and he liked it. Yeah. And so, but but when you say family, your family probably was majority of the church. 
were so big. When we came to this church, yes, there was, there was this was just the brick building here. There was the Driggers and 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 a few other families. And, and now the Hamlins, the with Hamlins 10 moved people. in, and they're like, "Oh, you're uh, you're part of that big family with the with the van." We had this. We drove no, for real. We drove a church van. We had a church van. We drove into a church with the church van. I don't know. Oh, look, Oxford, another church is coming think, to visit. I don't think Oxford Assembly God had a church van then, so it looked no. like yeah. it was the church bus. But um, it was VBS here, I remember. Um, we had a bunch of them, but I remember the first time I met Chuck Padgett. He was doing a VBS oh, here, yeah. and he had just been saved. I mean, well, not just. He had, he was still a new Christian-ish. How long? We don't have time? No, I'm just, I got oh. email. Um, <laughs> anyways, and I remember Chuck preached this message where I felt so guilty inside <laughs> that I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And this is just the first time I remember. And then... The second night, he asked if you wanted to ask Jesus into your heart. And I raised my hand and I asked Jesus into my heart. And I did it again and again and again. <laughs> and I think a lot of kids do that. They do it every yeah. every um, mm. every time. And so I don't know the the date or whatever I was I became saved, but I did as I grew up. Um, I did have these moments that like shifted the way I think and the way I see the world. And I can pinpoint those moments. Uh, I know when my sister, I was dating your sister Mm -hmm. and my sister passed away she had down syndrome and she was like we were tight we were close and she passed away and that shifted everything i don't know where i'd be if that event would not have taken place and i didn't shift you away no it's that's the thing when a loved one dies too it's you're on a knife's edge either you fall into god or you totally fall away Mm -hmm. and i fell into it wow and i remember i told misty (laughs) i was I was I was dating Misty, but I don't know about my what my intentions were. <laughs> I know they weren't good. <laughs> um, but after that, I yeah. it wasn't. I I asked Misty to marry me, and I said we got to do this right, and we're gonna go, and we're gonna you know. And Misty, well, was, hold on, hold on. Bef- before you asked her to marry, did you like go to her father? You know, to get from hey, yeah. can I okay. ask for your daughter's hand in marriage? Oh, you didn't do yeah. that. Well, yeah. Okay, so I didn't do it completely the right way. I'm a very independent minded <laughs> person, <laughs> and. Um, I told her, I said, look, we're adults. And, uh, we're not 17. Ask, we don't have, well, yeah, that's true. I wasn't an adult. We don't have to ask permission. So from, she was an adult, well, but you were. Yeah, well, I don't have to ask permission from anybody. I'll, we'll, I'm putting this ring on your finger and we'll tell your mom what we're in, what our plans are. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went to go talk to her and she said, you're going to tell her. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell her. I walked in there and she's, I just went to the corner of the house and sat down and looked at my shoes the whole time. I was so scared. I never even said anything. Oh, and so mom. Misty's like, hey, mom. And she points to her ring. And I wanted to like tear a hole through the wall. But anyways. I thought my mom was the sweetest person on the planet. She was scary. Why yeah. was she so scary? She didn't like me. And you know, at first, and you know what? Knowing who I was back then, I don't blame her. I do not blame her. Anyways. So that moment, the moment my sister passed away, shifted the way. Like all of a sudden, eternity was real. I wanted to know where my sister went, and I wanted to, what is going on here? What is the realness of this? And there are other moments that have done that. Um, I, I guess I could get into at least two more. I know one was we went to a, a missions trip. Misty always wanted to do dental work for like poor kids in a third world country. I'm like, that's kind of a weird goal, but if that's what your life goal is. And so she had this opportunity to do that with her boss to go to another country. 
And I'm like, you are not going to a third world country. They take blonde haired girls and they hold them up for ransom. And if I can't pay, they're going to kill you. You know, that's how they do things. I'm not, you're not going to a third world country. And finally, I said, fine, I'll go with you. But I ain't doing anything. <laughs> and, and anybody that knows my sister knows. You tell her something, yeah, she's going to do the it's opposite. It's not like you it's ain't not telling like her what her to do. <laughs> but so I went, so I was going to go with her. And they had these like meetings for this missions tri- trip. Mm-hmm. And it was this other church. It wasn't our, our church or any group. Was it the one I went with? Yeah, the same group that you went yeah. with later. Uh, anyways, they're like, you know, we would really like to meet Josh. Is he going to come to any of these meetings? And he's, she had to lie and tell him he's working late. <laughs> but really, I would come home like, I'm not going to that meeting. I'm against this whole thing. What a waste of time to go on a missions trip. <laughs> and uh, I remember once I got there. He invited me later. Yeah. Oh, I've gone on a bunch of them. I've probably gone on six or seven of well, them. Well, Rusty went with you since on then. One too, yeah, right? Russ went with me on one too. Um, I went there. And I saw these poor, poor orphan kids. And they had nothing. And the people around had nothing. And they were the happiest, lovingest people I've ever met. And it was totally shifted my thought process. I met a kid who was digging in the trash for something to play with. And the trash there isn't like trash here. It's, I mean, trash here is pretty nasty, but it's filthy. (laughs) trash they they throw away things that we flush down the toilet we'll just say that um it's nasty and this kid i've got him he man i bought him every toy i could and i was just giving it to him (laughs) and it was against the rules because you weren't allowed to do that but i was doing it anyways and i just fell in love with this boy and totally shifted the way i thought so from for missions trips i always thought what a waste of money we could we could hire somebody to do the work that we're going to do it's ridiculous but I didn't think about the growth of my own soul going on this, and man, it grew. Um, so that was a whole, was a, cabot, whole topic. We yeah, we could trips, jump yeah. on that. Um, you know, I, I never thought of it that way, though. I, I, there kind of would. I don't know. Maybe that, you're I, saying how how you could hire somebody. Oh yeah, to I do was it. there pouring that, concrete. That's a common theme. You will hear people. You know, I'll just buy your lunches for a mega. I don't need to go. On a trip with you, yeah, but, but that's but, not what but it's why about. Aren't you guys hiring bricklayers to go. Why are you yeah. doing labor? Yeah, I, well, I, well, I never thought it of of like, okay. hey, if we're let's let's give the people there a job. That's what I you was know thinking. help stimulate yeah. their. You know, what I'm saying their. I don't want to say economy because no. it's not like we're putting in a you know yeah, like but you're putting in still... enough money to help it. But you might be helping that family or that group of people. You need to in go. a financial sense, but then it right. helps everybody else. You need to but... see real poverty, right? And see real but love. A, a, a pastor will typically have when when we go, they he has some people that he hires. It mm-hmm. needs to be done that you know let the pastor hire some people, but we visited, they need us there as much. We visited as they need one our money. of the kids' house. Um, oh wow! And it was a surprise visit, so they yeah. didn't know we were coming. Well, they had found out that we were coming, and they went and bought chocolate. And this is why they surprised because yeah. they'll spend their whole year's yes. savings, and they bought chocolate. And there's little chocolate bars there, and they're like, "Hey, have some chocolate, have some chocolate." And they're like, "No, no, thank you. You can't say no, thank you." They mm-hmm. they really want to really want to be hospitable and so you eat their chocolate and like gosh i'm hiding in these places everyone and, <laughs> thinks your chocolate's good and it's not uh, yeah it wasn't good. especially it, in european block countries um and then um i remember they went they wanted to give us stuff and they went and they found their wedding picture and they got a wedding picture and gave it to one of the guys and he's like i can't take your wedding picture he's like please take mm. this with you to america 
And so he still uses it as his bookmark in his oh. Bible. Like he had like oh, the yeah. wedding picture in my yeah, Bible. That's, cool. that's just how they are. And it's yeah. just like, my head just exploded. It totally mm. shifted the way I thought. I've never been more wrong about something. But when you go and experience it, I think that is the that that's how my mission trip. You know, I went on my first one just a couple of months ago. You know, and the whole time I was thinking like I I want to help do something somewhere else. You know, and they're like, oh, we're going to Dublin, and I'm thinking Ireland. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, we're doing it big time. Like yeah. this is awesome. And they're like, yeah, it's like six hours away. I was like, what? <laughs> Dublin's way further than yeah. that. They're like, oh, Dublin, Georgia. And I'm like, I was kind of like a little down. I was like, well, I guess, you know, I mean, it's just yeah, right over that's... there. And then I get there and I'm like, I, you know, I can't wait to help these people. And, and then you get there and you realize you might be helping them, mm-hmm. but dude, you're, they're helping you mm-hmm. so much more than you could ever do for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me tell you the biggest shift that's happened and then that'll be the end of mine. Um, and maybe this is a process. I, again, I'm really independent-minded, and I'm really critical about everything. I'm hypercritical, probably, about things. And I remember when I was a teenager, I opened up a, I don't know, popular science magazine. I don't know what it was. And they were talking about this guy in China, or maybe it was Japan. I think it was China. He was drilling into the Earth's crust, and he wanted to be the first person to drill through the Earth's crust and hit the, the mantle underneath. And I'm like, what? Surely we've gone to that. We've drilled that far before. Mm-hmm. And and I was reading this article to see why is he doing this, and it was just to be the first one to discover what's beneath the Earth's crust. I'm like discover, we know what's beneath the Earth's crust. It's it's lava. It's the mantle. And in in, in school, you got that Earth cut in half, yes, and it shows all the all layers. The, mm-hmm. And then it hit me like the core. We, no one's ever been down there to look. How the heck do we know what's down there? And I know there's reasons to know what's down there. There's right. a magnetic field, so obviously there must be molten iron that's making a magnetic field because it's liquid and it's Mm -hmm. moving around so we have reasons to believe what's in the center of the earth i'm not saying that but the fact that no one's ever looked and nobody told me we didn't really know right and so i started putting my criticism towards everything but i was scared because i believed in the bible and i was a christian i did not want to put my criticism towards the bible and i was like oh man that that's just a recipe for disaster so i wouldn't do it and then i uh i watched the lion the witch in the wardrobe and I came to know C.S. Lewis, who is my number one favorite author. I love this guy. You've given me a book from him. I l- I've given both of y'all books. Yes. Did I give you a well, book? Well, you gave me a Jordan Peterson <laughs> book. And Technically, he... my book was given to me from Rusty, oh, which true. you gave to him. Well, but I'll, I'll return Rusty a new one. I've given, I don't know. You've given me some books, yes. Anyways, all of a sudden I read this guy who was an atheist and became a Christian who was a critical thinker, and he poured his criticism straight at the scriptures, straight at the idea of God and everything. And came out as a Christian. I'm like, what in the world? And so I opened up the floodgates and I became a person who read the Bible very critically. And I was, I wanted to test everything and I wanted to make sure that what is actually true is more important to me than anything else. And I found reasons for believing the Bible that are very strong and very good. And I don't think a lot of Christians know it, but that's why I like the Doubting Thomas guy. It's, Mm That's because it's me, and, and it's like, I can give it a thumbs up. And you can question my faith. You can come at me with anything you want. I promise you, you haven't pressed it harder than I've pressed it. You haven't pushed it as far as I have. I've been very critical of it. And this whole thing has shifted to where my belief in, in you know a resurrected Savior, which sounds crazy, but it is so strong. I'm telling you, as a philosophy, the Christian philosophy, 
is the strongest philosophy in the world today. There is not a better philosophy that explains the world you live in than the Christian philosophy, and I, can, I can't say I can prove it, but I can show you why that is. And I know it because mm-hmm. I've really been critical of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the biggest shifts in my thinking. And from then on, I became kind of a different kind of Christian. Mm-hmm. I became a Christian like, okay, this is why it is. If you think it's different, show me. And there's this old, there's this old. I thought it was in Proverbs, but it's not in Proverbs. I, I don't know if Confucius says it, but he says, uh, "A wise man, if a if a fool corrects a wise man, no, 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 I'm sorry. If you correct a wise man, he'll love you for it. If you correct a fool, he'll hate you for it. And the truth and the the point of it is, the fool has his beliefs, his his values are connected to his ego, what he and so he's defending himself, whereas the wise man is only concerned with what's true." what things are true and if you can show me where i'm wrong i'll love you for it and i want to play the part of the wise man i don't mm. want to play the part of the fool and um well, i love proving you wrong josh well, so well along those along i'm not those, saying i'm perfect at that no, I have a lot along of those same things, lines there's, there's something you did that helped me in my walk a couple of weeks ago and well, probably a couple of months ago now in, in sunday school that i never said anything to you about but good because it'll go to my head yeah <laughs> i think uh, in in genesis uh where God came down. I think he was talking to Abraham about he was going to destroy this city oh, yeah. because there was nobody in there. When I read, so in in my doubting Thomas mind, I'm reading this story and I'm like, it 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 bugged me so much because at the time I was thinking God's really letting a man talk quote unquote sense into him. Like you're going to destroy the city, and he's like, for the sake yeah, it of sounds 100. like Abraham's yeah, and it's bartering like, yeah, with, with God. Abraham's really bartering, and then. You went over the same story in Sunday school, and I was like, at first I was kind of like, oh, here we go, this this story again, yeah. I don't want to hear this. And then you were like, God knew there was nobody there that was righteous. He wasn't letting Abraham talk him down. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. Like, just huh. a light bulb went off, because all I was thinking was, there's no way God's letting a man talk him down to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not just, like, if, if he, he knows how many people are there, you know what I mean? Like, he... He knows, but I wasn't. I wasn't connecting the dots of God's not letting this guy talk him down. He's saying, "Yeah, yeah for the sake of a thousand, for the sake of a hundred, for the sake of ten, because he already knows yeah. they're not there." But that's not how my brain mm. was putting it together. My brain was just like, "Oh, this isn't real. God wouldn't let a guy talk him down." But <laughs> I just, I don't know. I remember in middle school a kid telling me, "Well, maybe it was high school because I, I was talking about Jesus or something. I don't know." But he said, "Jesus." is a cop-out because every time they would ask him a tough question he would just answer it with a question that's what politicians do that's i mean come on man and i'm like no he doesn't and i'm reading the bible like oh man he keeps doing this why does he keep doing this and it wasn't until i became more mature christian i'm like oh in every question there is an assumption and jesus asks the question in return showing the assumption that the people are making in their question and it's He's playing 3D chess against these guys, and they don't even get it. Well, that, that's you know? what something that would come when I was listening to the Bible on CD, and it has that guy with the with the Australian ac- oh, accent. No. But oh. but when you when you start off, you're in the Old Testament, and you, and you you hear this when you're not reading it, and you you can't your eyes can't glaze another scripture. But when you're hearing it, it gets like you know God gives you the uh, how you repent, all the different. Uh, scenarios and different edicts you have to do. You have to the calf, and you've got to do this incense, and you've got to do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then 
it's like, if you do this, I'm going to bring wrath on you. And they do it. And then he says, you know, if you do it again, and when you hear it and you don't, it, 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 it bothers you. It's like, God, God knew, but now he's giving in to him. And he's yeah. changing his mind, and God doesn't change his mind. That's how it's I, like, I could listen to at it, it on disc. I'm like, I don't like it like this. I like having the book. I like thinking and say, well, let me go look at something else and kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. and find more about it. Um, so I quit listening to it on CD. I gave it to a family member. Well, hold on. Let's let's at least have the Bible like a scripture. So I'll read. <laughs> let's so at least what? Have the Bible. Like so. So this is what the how long is this? The name we're looking at is. Um, I'm not listening to that. What's the what to whatsoever? What's the name? Whatsoever? Oh yeah, we were thinking about whatsoever things. Whatsoever things. So I have the new the NIV, so it's not going to say that in the scripture, but it's based off of Philippians four eight four verse eight, and it's uh, yeah. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So, how did you come up with that? Uh, I just figured we'd be talking about a large variety of things, and if we could narrow it down to like, well, it's going to be admirable and true things. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. I don't know. So, if you want to live right, you, you need to think These right. are the things we're going to talk about. Yes. I don't know. Okay. Hopefully, we can stay within those borders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all, we just want to thank you for listening today to the Whatsoever Things podcast. The Whatsoever Things podcast is just a group of guys sitting around talking about their faith, and it does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the leadership of Oxford Assembly of God. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe in whatever your favorite podcast application is. And if you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G dot org. We'll see you next time.